everybody to Powerful Impact. Um, we have two special guest hosts today. We have Portia from Apartment 5B and Goddess. They're going to be joining me today as we interview one of, I think, one of the best artists that has come out and, and his music is so prolific. Um, let's welcome Amir. How is everybody today, Portia? Um, I'm good. All is well. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And Miss Goddess. Same here, man. I'm, I'm really glad to be here. I'm doing good today. And the man of the hour. Uh, How are you today? You. One day at a time. I'm okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Happy to be at that. Thank y'all for, you know, everybody pulling up, man. It's only have a good conversation. Have some fun. Oh, cool. So, um, the first thing I kind of wanted to just get some preliminaries out of the way only because for those who don't know you and aren't familiar with you, um, where are you from and, and, um, how did growing up wherever you grew up affected how you do your music today? Um, well, you know, I'm from the same block. From um, I'm from Mount Vernon. I, I grew up in uh, New Rochelle. Well, Mount Vernon, New Rochelle, and I left. I spent some time in VA. Um, but uh -huh. majority of my majority of my life has been in New York. Um, uh, and I think you know, come from a West Indian background, Southern background, as far as family. Some family from New York moved to the South, but primarily um, influence was uh, Jamaican culture, West Indian culture. Um, I don't think it necessarily affected the music i think it influenced it you know um the influence on it would be just the musical palette um in and being able to uh appreciate uh music that may be not non-secular or you know uh or not as popular sounding music you can appreciate the instrumentation and what it means to uh mm -hmm. Uh, uh, you know, a smaller demographic as opposed to when it goes to a larger demographic. So I would say that's how it would affect me. Just widen my scope and taste for um, different types of music outside of hip hop. So uh, <clears throat> when, when you talk about the different types of music outside of hip hop, specifically, wh which music are you talking about? I, I mean, we talk, I'm talking about, I mean, Primarily everything, whether it's reggae, mm -hmm. it could be some pop sounding music, it could be uh, house, it could be techno, it could be acid music, it could be uh, lo-fi music, it could be, you know, just different ranges of music. Uh, not, there's no uh, level of specificity in the type of music, just a love for different sounds that, you know, have shaped the world mm -hmm. on a global scale, not just from, um, you know, corner to corner type of vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, what I have noticed that because I noticed uh, when we were growing up, we kind of had a variety of things that we listened to because, you know, we kind of listened to what our parents listened to. And now a lot of the parents are listening to hip hop and not so much as the other stuff. Do you think that affects the way music is being made now? Um. I don't think it's a f affecting how it's being made. I think 
it affects uh nah I don't think it affects it personally nah I mean and that's subjective right I don't personally think it affects it I think it may play a part in uh what you choose to um use as a point of reference right um the music has definitely evolved the technology has evolved around that we use to create the music so if we were using uh some of those sounds that they had back then were a lot warmer because they were they were they were using reel to reels and tapes that like i mean we talk about the science of sound right versus you know everybody's uh-huh. pretty at, much at home now recording on on applications but when you're using tape and you know the stories i've heard about how warmer the vocal sound and richer you know you, of a sound you make it because you're using that. I think that plays a part in it. You may have artists that try to thrive to reach that sound, but it's hard to get mm-hmm. it on a computer a lot. And I learned that from like Eddie F. Um, when I was over there with him, he just taught me a lot. Jamie still like a lot of those engineers I met throughout time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I listen to 21 Grams often. It's like part of my daily I don't want to say daily maybe like three times a week it's on spin and I listen to it like at work all the time and I love it because there's no um like profanity there's no curse words in it so I can listen to it at the office people can come in my boss can come in and I don't have to mute anything or pause anything um so I actually I don't know if this is just ahead of ahead of what we're talking about but my favorite thing about 21 grams and and one of my favorite things about Amir is his lyrics. Um, And not only lyrics, but even captions on posts and just wisdom gems that he drops all the time. Um, And one of my favorite lyrics that I kind of tweet all the time is research the research and research it again. Um, So I just want to know, I guess like if we can at this point in the, in the conversation, like, what it, what do you mean by that? Um, I mean, I I interpret it away, but I just want to know, like, what is your sort of um, thought process behind that? And I think before you go on to say uh, you have to know the facts, um, the sources. Actually, you said I think uh, you, you got to know the sources mm-hmm. of of whatever it is that you're kind of you know yeah. learning or quoting or whatever. So yeah, elaborate on that if you can. I think. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Um, now, I think that, you know, the reason when I said research, the research and research, research it again uh, is because we live in an a, a, a era where nobody's checking credentials of the people that say they who are they. You know, I could go on Instagram and put I'm a doctor, you know, right. um, nobody's checking those credentials. Right. If I say certain things are factual, but they're non-factual with these facts, like I've said before, are like possibly shattered facts. Right. Or or what I'm saying at this time may not actually be uh, a truth like that. And you have a ton of people that, you have a ton of people that, that just don't do the, do that level of research when, they, when they're looking at something. So when they're doing that, it spreads, further spreads contaminated um, information. Um, and I guess to remediate the issue of that on just social media and our day-to-day lives, I just encourage people if somebody's telling you something is a fact, then you should research it and then research it again because there's always, as you drill down, you learn more about what you know and what you don't know because what I have a thing that I love about what you don't know is more important than what you do know sometimes. Facts. Uh, and I feel like 
you know, we live in an age where everything is 60 second frames, right? We've been conditioned. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have been conditioned to accept it as that. So when I mention the research, the research, and, you know, then, you know, fact checking is a, you know, uh, a part of what I do. And, and it helps me um, govern a lot of my, uh, myself and my day-to-day decisions. Um, am I operating out of facts or am I operating out of feelings? Or am I operating um, in a zone where this decision, uh, you know, later on may benefit me? So it kind of helps me further my consequential thinking process. Yeah, so that's why I say that a lot. Yeah, that's that's dope. Um, and I have heard in just to kind of expand on that, I have heard in previous interviews that you've done on IG Live and, and you know, um, I think the other just various places that you've done interviews, um, you've, you st- sometimes say things and then you're like, you can look that up. <laughs> like you actually live by, by that, um, phrase. Yeah. So, and I've heard that yeah. not, not once, yeah. not twice. I've heard that a few times, like you'll drop yeah. something and then you'd be like, you can look that up. <laughs> and I'm always yeah. like, damn, no, you don't need to look it yeah, up. I, it's already I, done. <laughs> no, no, I, I encourage that. And that's so fact. I got a fact that I did curse on 21 grams, but it wasn't like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I can't even. I can't even yeah. remember a curse word. Yeah, I think there's there's enough yeah. gems that that it kind yes. of like drowns out may, any curse yes. words if there yes. are any. But 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 yeah uh, yeah I did it maybe a couple of times I don't know but <laughs> uh, but um I think for you know yeah I just I just you know I just try to avoid you know the nonsense so I like to check myself along the way so I tell people to look it up because I think that's telling them that research and research it again i'm telling you something i did my research you can research what i told you again and then we can reconvene and have a conversation about it because i think that's the building blocks Mm -hmm. of having great conversation i can use it oh yeah yeah so so yeah so that's why i said that and i think people don't realize that um your sources the sources you use have sources And they have people who um, donate to them, and sometimes the information is skewed by donations. Um, One of the biggest things I found is with the the Heart Association. They have Mm -hmm. all of this information, but then you look, and it's... um, funded by the pork industry, or it's funded by the chicken (laughs) industry, and... That can skew information, so I love that you um, say that. It, it's really important to fact check. Yes, and even it, it keeps us out of trouble. I mean, you still may get in trouble fact checking, but it you know at least you you know you're closer to the truth than you were yeah. if you if you can primarily you know you really know that this sometimes and then because the internet has a lot of what they call honey pot you know, sweet sounding information, but it's not actually accurate. So, you know, right. it's a place for that. Mm-hmm. Too. It's, a, it's a very, we live in a very informational predatory environment. You know, people put, you know, they'll, they'll prey on what you know and don't know. And even if they're telling you something that, you know, <clears throat> they hope that you go spread it as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Amir, let me ask you a question. Absolutely. Um, First, let me just ask you, where did the name Amir come from? Um, my godmother, Tracy, um, she was um, Muslim, of course. Um, <clears throat> and 
you know, my mother at the time was uh, studying a lot, you know, around, I think, just uh, Islamic school of thoughts. And I think what happened was I ended up getting the name, my godmother name, Tracy. She ended up passing maybe a couple of years back from cancer. So, uh, but she named me Amir. So that's, oh, so that's I, your real name. That's Amir. my real, yes. Yeah, huh? Okay, all right. I got to ask that. Sometimes, you know, people have stage names and then people yeah. have, you know, but that's, that's cool. And that's how you spell it? I spell it like that with two X's to, you know, I had two cousins that passed, right? So the two X's represent, mm -hmm. you know, my cousin Milo, my cousin Kwame. Ah, nice. After they, after they passed, I changed it to two X's, yeah. Okay, to pay homage. I, I respect mm -hmm. that. I respect that a lot. So, I, you you know, earlier you're talking about fact checking and, and I, I, I could tell that you are very well aware that we're living in different times, right? Absolutely. You know, especially with the way society is. I mean, I, I think collectively we're all transitioning one way or another. Mm -hmm. um, let me ask you, what do you, how do you feel about what's happening right now? Like, what's what's your thoughts about society and where it is right now? This, we'll go into the music part, but as a that's, whole, so, that's okay. It's a good question. I'm ask, ask anything I want to ask. I'm with anything. I'm anything you thought me. I'm ready. Okay. I promise you. And that's not even uh, arrogant. It's, I just like conversation because it's not a right or wrong question. It's just we here to have, we here to you know learn about each other. So to answer that, I would say, um, I think, think that moving, you think we're moving in the right direction, or what direction do you think it looks like we're moving into? I'm gonna give you my mere disclaimer. What I normally do, I'm not qualified to say, but this is my perspective. <laughs> what you know, what I think, right? So I will say. Uh, <laughs> I will say that um, there seems to be a shift in uh, what one of the isms, which is whether it's classism, there seems to be a non-involuntary shift in class, right? And, 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 and when you create class, you create subdivisions of how people live in based on the boxes they check in society. They may live a certain way versus somebody else not living that way, right? Because now you... Now you're finding yourself pivoting, whether it's economic, whether it's education, whether it's spirituality, whatever box they choose to operate or use as a pivot for their decisions. You know, I think, you know, pandemic included, um, it forced people inside of their house, but it, it didn't necessarily force you to go inside of yourself. So when you had to stay in the house, you might have to, you might have, you might have physically had to be still. But the people who started to work on themselves and go internally, I think, were the biggest benefactors of the, you know, the pandemic. Now, it doesn't mean that the people who were in the house didn't benefit either, but there's different levels of commitment to self that took place, right? And when you commit to the self, some of these things outwardly show not only just in your behavior, but the results you start to, um, you know. You start to see in your life and see around, and then you start looking at things through a different like telescope now, right? So now, um, I think that uh, there's a recalib. Like I said before, I think there's a, a definitely a recalibration happening with uh, society. I've, I've seen a lot of people that were doing things in the dark, right, um, working hard or doing certain shit. I, I'm getting promoted in jobs or things. Things are happening. I've seen people who were doing things that were not so uh savory 
or, you know, participate in uncouth actions on a day-to-day basis, right? So now you start to see them get put on front street. So I think people who are not being accountable are kind of forced to be accountable because everybody was starting to look at things a little bit more because they had more time to be still. But these things have been taking place for the last decade or better, right? Um, So I think that there was it was it was forced accountability taking place too. So I, I really it, uh, see you on that. No, that's it's true. I feel like a lot of people I <clears> even <throat> from conversations I've had with different people, they say, you know, I never spent so much time alone and I really learned a lot about myself. There are some people that are really learning a lot about themselves because they mm-hmm. had no choice but to spend that time alone. Yeah. And I I, I definitely do see that shift. How do you feel the mental health in society mm. is um, transitioning? Ooh. Um, I think that it was taboo at first, right? It was a taboo thing. To, uh, you know, anything dealing with mental health was kind of a taboo and swept under the rug. Oh, you're okay. He just he or she or they're just this way because of this happening. They're still going through grieving or they face the trauma. But, you know, having said traumas or, or you're grieving or whatever mental health ailments that we may have, um, I think this also, it like I said, you have to hold the mirror up to yourself and also the people you are around. Because certain people I haven't spoken to since the beginning of the pandemic, it doesn't mean that I don't love them. This is relatives included, right? Right. So. How'd that make you feel? That there are some um, people that you don't talk to anymore. It, like, how does that um, mean? Some people you can't talk to because they they're not necessarily uh, here anymore. Some people you can talk to and it kind of makes you realize the value in time and um, and how you spend it. Right. Uh, make sure my phone's not about to die. Oh yeah, hold on, let me gotta charge this. Yeah, just make sure that we you know we on the same. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, you can hear me, right? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, just making sure that you know that we're that we're on the same um, wavelength, the same time frame, and 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 you know we can move accordingly. Um, and that that's how I would take it. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, so I feel like those were the things that were taking place that I saw the most. I, you know. Um, did you feel and like you had boundaries like with certain people? Is that what you're saying? Like you just had to set some- Um I won't even say the boundaries were set. I, I just think a lot of those things we we had to we had to Yeah, I, I could if you want. Yeah. yeah. You know, um if we if 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 um um it it was definitely forced, but some of it needed to happen. Right? right. Some of these relationships we needed to see the fiber of it to recognize that this is something that's needed or not needed right and that goes for just a humanistic point of view it has nothing to do with music or entertainment you know for we are human we are human first right so the most divisive thing as long as they can keep us divided when i say they i mean the powers that be that benefit from divisive divisiveness right um so there is a you know there's a once again if you really want to know who 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 benefited the most mentally or spiritually, you know that'll be hard for me to gauge, right? A measure, but 
a lot of people did make a ton of money and some people equate money to happiness um, in a pandemic and some people don't have money anymore, right? So there's a dark and a light side to this, you know, and I think that affects people's mental health because when they don't have to worry about day-to-day living, um, it gives you it gives you the gift of certain level of time to work on, like I said, oneself again and like kind of push things and around in your head and your heart to kind of fix if it did damage it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel that. You said like, you know, you're talking about feeling divided. How how do you bridge that gap with the, when we live in a society now where there's, there's, it's a divided society. How do we bridge that? What do you, what do you think Um, is the way to bridge that? Well, a couple of years ago, I had talked about this when I was at Fordham. Um, I had a, uh, I did a seminar and, we, and and I was speaking there and I was, I came up with this, uh, you know, personal school of thought. I called it the three H's, right? And I was saying that if the head, the heart and the home, and that's where we begin to, if these things existed in your home first, right? that's where, you know, parental passed down, you know, these things transcended generation to generation because this became what we call culture, right? That's the first thing we have to, some things you got to unpack and some things you got to pack, unpack and pack, yeah, to be, um, to um, a better version of self, the head and the heart, right? Right. I said on my album, I as a, a or the tape is your head is above your heart for a reason, right? So there is a a, a level of I would say that we a level of thinking that we have to apply, you know, application. There's an application of thought that must take place in order to make these sound decisions. So the head, the heart, and the home is I call those the pillars of change of how we start these things, how the change of how we Step, step in the right direction I for like you. Yeah. Foundation. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you, I like that. The head, the heart, and the home. The three mm-hmm. ages. That 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 makes a lot of sense. Um yes, let's kind of slide back into the, the music of it all. And I I was just kind of wondering, um, can you talk about True Soul and, and the way y'all approach music individually and collectively? Um, a True Soul um, with with Pete, you know, everybody know, knows the, well, they know that that's familiar with his work. When you're dealing with like a, a, a Pete Rock or a Dr. Dre premiere, like there's a level, there's an expectation for quality control. So True Soul um, to me um, operates from that, like that, you know, thoughtful mm-hmm. mood music that Howard Pete has has explained it to me. Like that's that's one of the um, the pillars of true soul. It's to move one soul. It's healing, a healing process. Because music should be used as a as a as a as a tool, right, to heal and and to, and to bring joy. So I think with true soul, um, that's one of the pillars. Um, and I'm pretty sure these things change over time as, you know, whatever is needed to make one's uh, day better or, or moment better. Your music should adjust or make one feel just better, right? Um, so I say 
that's our approach, having fun and making sure we stay true to, true to self. Um, and that same point in time, you know, the instrumentation that he uses in his production versus a lot of other people, you know, Pete has a unique way of layering his his music, like he the layers he used in the sampling. I never I never seen anyone that can hear three samples and how they would sound together, and, and like it's orchestrated. It's it's almost I, it's weird to watch, but because I never hear it like that. I, I hear it like one sample, I'm like, oh that's fire. And then he'll bring in two other pieces, and you're like, oh that's crazy, crazy. So his approach forces you, um, I'm track, forces me, I should say, to to approach it with a sense of um, multi-layered thought as well. Um, because if he's approaching it with different layers of music, I just can't jump on those that level of production, those soundscapes with a normal approach, hoping to achieve. If you approach it with a normal approach, you're gonna get normal results. So I try to just make sure that I match his energy and his effort more than anything. So we try to match each other's effort and be honest with each other and just have fun in the lab. So that's, I would say those are some of the things that how we approach it. And we don't bite our tongue um, when we uh, <clears throat> like or dislike something about how uh, we approaching it at the time. It's, it's a very respectful grown man vibe in there. It's very, you know, uh, brotherly. It's a lot of love. And when somebody tells you something out of love, you know whether they uh, agree with this approach, try it this way, you know that it's not malicious. So when it's not a malicious intent, it just makes it better, man. When somebody can check you and, they know, and you know they love you, it's, it's that causes a different level of growth and approach. It takes a lot of trust to do that. How did you How did you and Pete Rock meet? Well. Tell us about that. I, okay, perfect. Yeah, so when I met, when I met Pete, it was, um, I met Pete through CL, which is crazy, right? So I met Pete through CL at a photo shoot years ago. But I mean, I lived when I had, I was already living on, I was living on South 2nd Avenue. And then I had moved over to um, 71 Hillside. Now everybody knows his, his family lives at 77 Hillside, but the house that I moved into uh, by a uh, uh, DO, DO was, Ran with having all these guys in peace, like a brother to peace. So I had ended up moving downstairs, well, upstairs, but the basement was downstairs in the house. Um, <clears throat> so I would see Pete. I met him at the photo shoot. I would see him in the hood, moving around the barbershop on the block sometimes. I would say, what up? He knew me. Um, what up, a man? You know, kept it cool. I never bothered him. He knew I did music. I never, like, you know, ran him down. Uh, you know, was annoying, but I know he knew that, uh, you know, I got busy. So we just kind of kept it like that and over time you know he would he would pass me beats and we just built a relationship over it wasn't like an overnight thing he doesn't move it's not very impulsive like that um when it comes to the music um so it took you know some time for me to understand his process but he actually had probably this would have happened probably five years ago but i didn't understand when he gave me those 12 beats what he was doing he was I only picked one or two of the beats and didn't touch the rest. I, that, it was the most, but that was the most complete sounding beat to me at the time. So what I did, I was like, damn, that was dumb. When I realized he gave me 12 beats again, and this time I was able to attack each one and I gave it back. <clears throat> then he goes back and does his thing and that ended up giving birth to, uh, you know, what we have now. Um, and him saying that uh, my voice 
matched his production. Where his production is at now was a perfect match for where his production is at currently. So that's how, you know, the relationship had always forged. And we was always kind of moving in that direction. Yeah, we was moving in that direction. Uh, and, 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 I, and I appreciated him for that. I still you, do not appreciate it. appreciate yet. How do you like working with him overall? Like, you um, know, what's the experience like? you feel any pressure or do you feel calm? Do you Hell yeah, it's pressure. It's a lot of pressure. If you're working with these guys, it's a ton of pressure. I think, I think initially the pressure was the comparisons, right? So you get compared to other artists he worked with. So if, if you're talking like whether it's CL or if you're talking about uh, the Nas comparisons, people may compare to anybody great that he has ever worked with. And you have to sit there and understand that they're not comparing you because of for um, <clears throat> the wrong reason, they're comparing you for the right reasons. And you know, you gotta remove your ego from it. So it's not bruised, being bruised in the process. I don't sound like no way, you know, <laughs> but, but I think that um, overall, like that's, that's how, you know, to answer the question, I think I did already, but. Do you think yeah. that, that it, it, it helps you grow being able to put that ego aside and just, you know, Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Ego is definitely the enemy of creativity. Yeah. By far, on any level, whether you write in a journal, whether you paint in, if your ego is in the way, chances are pretty high. You can't, the energy is not flowing properly. How did you guys come up with the name, 21 Grams? Um, when we came up with the title for uh, the 21 Grams, Worked His Weight and Soul, <clears throat> it was initially... The project was named Work This Weight in Soul, right? And I was watching a documentary um, on Vice TV. I think that night, something happened. And <clears throat> I saw they was on an experiment in the late 1800s, early 1900s, where they would weigh the bodies of uh, people before they passed and, ap and after they passed, right? And the human being body was losing 21 grams of weight consistently so it's a theory or philosophy saying that the human body loses 21 grams of weight when somebody dies so the theory was put in a place that the soul allegedly may possibly weigh 21 grams which is the weight of five nickels they also weighed animals and other stuff and animals weren't consistent with the amount of weight they grams they would lose when they passed but most human beings were losing, like they were saying 18 to 21, but 21 was the consistent number. So that's how I came up with 21 grams worked its way than soul. So it was kind of like a triple, a double slash triple entendre. And I knew that the title would speak to people and meet people where they at. So if somebody in the street, they're going to automatically think 21 grams is me referring to drug trade. People who know what 21 grams is via like the title, like, oh, he's talking about the weight of the soul. And 21 grams worked his weight and soul. People be like, artistically, this title was speaking to Pete Rock and True Soul is a label mm -hmm. and the project being worked his weight and soul. That's pretty deep. So it's like the soul is 21 grams worth this, a soul that's worth 21 grams is worked his weight and soul. So, and I'm that glad was, you verified that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you so said. So let me ask, let me ask you this question because, um, being a hip-hop head for as long as I've been a hip-hop head, <laughs> what has made, what made you fall in love with hip-hop? Um, <clears throat> to me, it was just always the drums. 
the drums and the piano keys were my first and how they meshed together. You know, as people would say it started in church. Excuse me, but hip hop didn't have the same parameters as church music, right? So, you know, it wasn't you can you can get you can get, you know, church I mean church musicians, some most some of the best musicians we've ever had, all of most of them came out of the church anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Safe to say that, yeah. Right. So I think that my love for it came through my sister, Bridget. Um mm-hmm. that introduction to it. She had a lot of tapes and a and a and a radio when she, you know, started getting into like, you know, her deep into deep into her teenage teenage years, she started to um she just passed everything down to me. She didn't she didn't feel the need to listen to it anymore. So she gave me like a bunch of cassettes and her, her radio. And I just would play these cassettes over and over because there was only I wasn't listening to the radio. I was, you know, I was just playing these records, these tapes she had. Whether it was Eric B. and Rod Kim, she had a bunch of old tapes, and I would just burn these tapes to death. And um, that was my introduction. And then I just fell in love with, you know, matching words with you know with rhythmic sounds behind it, and it just became mm-hmm. like a a thing for me. And then that was it. It was off to the races. So question for you. I'm going to kind of veer it back to music, but then a little bit of just insight. Um, I've been, (laughs) this last couple weeks, I've been kind of going at it with people on the TL about cancel culture. I hate it. Um, I think it's, I think it's so ridiculous. And I obviously don't really go in depth um, anytime I talk about it just because it's a can of worms. I don't have time to open sometimes. So um, for you, I guess my question for you, Amir is what do you think, how do you think cancel culture impacts um, creatives and artists? Um, And the reason I ask that is because of one of my favorite creatives is right now, you know, being like totally scrutinized on, on uh, social media for, Mm -hmm. you know, a a release of something. Um, And every time that it crosses my TL, I speak out about it. And then I talk about how people need to just sit this one out. It's not doing anything. Um, so what is your opinion on cancel culture and how that affects the artists? Um, to me, cancel culture doesn't have a, a chairman, right? We don't have one person right. to say who's in charge of a culture. I think it's more of a mindset and what we've allowed it to become. It's kind of like Bitcoin. Like nobody knows. We gave it value by believing in it. People believe in cancel culture. So it has power. There's no head of it first, right? And I'm and it's not to attack your and your question, but this is just my thought process on it, right? So when I look at it, I would never allow something that doesn't really have power to have dominion over anything that I'm doing in my life because who really is cancel culture? I think if people really sat down and said, What is this? It's just, you know, when people, no matter what group you're from, whether you can be from your, whether, whatever your sexual orientation is or whatever your religious belief and whatever, if that was the case, everybody be canceled out. Because I'm pretty sure everybody walking the face of the earth has said something that could have got their ass canceled. It, but don't, nobody wants to have that conversation to be that level of honest mm-hmm. um, because, you know, once again, this is a different level of self-scrutiny and being still for a year in the house. But we have, have seen it impact artists and we have seen it, it take it, hold it, of that, people, that, pulling that impact, things. That, 
Yeah, but that I impact. think we had Jay Z like apologizing for what he said on um yeah, on, but um, you're talking about you're talking about those are different playing fields. They're not apologizing to a culture. They're apologizing to corporations. Right. It's different. Right. Right. Who so is, do you? But no do you different. think that affects like your your artistry, for example? No, it don't or me. It, I, I, it I, won't affect you. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't give it the power to affect. I wouldn't. I would never give it the power to affect what I create. Don't. Right? Yeah. Right. But if it affects how it spreads, that's something different. But the a creation of it should never you shouldn't give anything that much power. Right. But once you create this object or this thing and you want to put it in set locations or have uh, corporate entities back it to spread it, that's right. where the power of this said, you know, cancel culture may even be a conversation if you said something that was inflammatory prior to so i don't you know when i when i listen to it i'm like okay that's cool but who is it? who is it like what where's the headquarters at right like, yeah who, like who do we speak to who who's part of the board of canceling people who's in charge of canceling what is the criteria to get canceled right. there is no set parameters it doesn't it's not uh <laughs> it it's not a policy in place to say if you say this about anybody in humanity you're going to get canceled because this is you know, is a violation give, of someone's human rights. You can't give you can't give things power. That's yeah. Sure. You can't uh, give things power, and I think in a perfect world, people don't want to. But when things get taken out of context, and then they become inflammatory through people's understanding of it and mis mm -hmm. misunderstanding of it, I should say. Right. But you just answered. You just answered. Yeah. Think about. Yeah, it. I know, but I'm just saying. Like, I'm just saying like, that's how it takes hold. So there isn't really a board or people who are gonna, you know, who do you talk to? Like you can't go up to a panel and, and appeal your case or whatever to get yourself reinstated. But it is a very real thing, right? I mean, we've got corporations talking about employees are walking out. We've got, you know, if, if things happen and it's a lot of threats and a lot of things like that. So it is very real. Um, I, I personally think it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm with you. I, I don't, I try not to give it any power and I never kind of am in that whole thing, but no, I just wanted to know what you, what your opinion was. And I appreciate that question because a lot of people don't really have the courage to ask it to artists these days, right? Because they feel like they're afraid of what the artist may say, may get his ass canceled anyway. But <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying for I don't, you know, it Listen, I don't think you can ever get canceled because you have like disclaimers after everything you say that like totally yeah, you know, I... just unravels the ability to cancel anything. I've heard it several yeah, times. You so you can't underestimate the the, you know, the people out there because there's always trolls, there's always haters, there's you know, there's always somebody looking for attention and sometimes the only way for them to get attention is I, I just don't I, I just don't think that it's people that are looking for attention. Sometimes when you are marginalized and you are being killed by the score and it is shown that your murder rate is rising from the misunderstanding of your community. I understand their feeling, however, in this particular case, it is misconstrued because mm. they didn't take into take what he said in context. However, 
I don't think that if you're on on a public stage and you're calling uh, marginalizing people, that there should be no consequences for your actions, especially because there are transgendered people who are black. And they are being discriminated not only in their neighborhoods by their people, but also in the LGBTQ uh, arena by because there's racism in everything. So I think when we support Black people, we have to remember that we all come in different forms, we come in different shapes. And sometimes even though what you're saying is um, is truth to you, you have to take into account that somebody else can be hurt by it. Facts. When Absolutely. somebody like, when somebody who's rich says that there's no racism, there are people mm -hmm. like me who work every day and who have been called Absolutely. the N-word while actually holding someone's intestines in is affected by that. And mm -hmm. you have to take that into consideration. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But is that a matter of, is that a matter of a ism or is it a matter of like those three things I said earlier? That's part of the three H's. That, they, that's a learned behavior, right? And it doesn't make it right because they learned it. I agree with you. Totally. I agree with you 10,000%. I'm just saying there's multiple moving pieces as to why these things keep perpetuating. If I could keep you, like we live in a culture where being divided has always been this in your face weapon of, not even a weapon of choice. It's a weapon you're just given. You don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. They divide you, right? Mm -hmm. America has always had did one thing since its inception, mm -hmm. whether it's cowboys or Indians, whether it's slaves versus slave master, whether it's this person group versus this group, whether it's the flower children versus the Vietnam vets, it, it's always some verses going on. They even got us battling on verses now. It's being so, a verses is always going on in the news because they, it keeps this thing going on that I think a lot, not saying you overlooking it, but as a group, we overlook a lot that we, are always being put in a verse against somebody because we don't have a shared belief. But technically, in most cases, we have more alike than we do not alike. But because that one thing that we don't share together becomes mm -hmm. this huge nuclear weapon, right? Of in most in most rooms. So I agree with you. It's it's not something you can glaze over and say it doesn't exist. It, it absolutely does exist. But canceling someone because of a belief that is opposite of yours is not solving the problem, right? It doesn't. It doesn't. But it does need to be a proper form to how to address it. Yes. Exactly. Canceling it is not addressing it. No. I'm not dealing with it. I don't like it. Whatever. You know, we've all been... I, I, you said somebody's calling you the N-word. I mean... I, I was in the military, right? I remember um, this white kid that called me said something crazy to me, and I and I started pulling up um, the ice this book called the ISIS Papers, Keys to the Colors, and I and I asked him to take a look at it. Next thing you know, I was on extra duty for forty five days. I never said a word, but just take a look at the book, and it was a whole debacle about me saying that. 
So mm -hmm. I've been in multiple situations where, like you said, we, one group of us is forced to deal with it. Other groups are not. But this goes back to what I said earlier about how this level of classism, yes, they put us in, in subdivisions in these classes, forces us to either be silent or just take, or just or say something. Most people don't have the courage to speak truth to power because they don't have enough finances to do so. Right. I'm pretty sure if you was worth twenty million dollars and that person said that you don't left his intestines on the table and said I'm out of here, maybe. But probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know. I'm a big old softy. Probably yeah. not. Yeah, you know, Yo, I'm, I'm uh, just giving it. I, mean, I'm giving, you know. I want. I want to get back into this combo, but but for just for like since the t since we're talking about verses and all of that, I want to be real controversial. Please don't cancel me. But um, as far as tomorrow's verses goes, who are you going for, BDP or BDK? Listen, man. No. And this is dead um, serious. You know, this is the most important question you know, in this conversation. Yeah. Um. I mean. I'm from a location, bro. It's closer to the Bronx. Let's just keep this a buck, right? But we know what's happening. <laughs> I she don't want to hear no buts. But. She giggling because she already know what it is. I'm not going to say nothing after that. I'm just going to say you know what I got to hold a flag with. I'm saying this. It's it's a win for hip-hop. That's a political answer. Yes, yes. It is, though, right? but it is, though. But it, but it's it, a political it really answer, is. but it's a true, true answer. It's a true. It's a true yes. answer. I think there's going to be. A, it can only be one yeah. winner. <laughs> no, nah, I don't. No, I don't. I don't. You know what, Neville? No. I don't subscribe to that because with Ariza and Premier Hip Hop won, and and Kill got on me for saying that. He was like, "Nah, I'm from Philly. There's always a winner." And I was like, "Listen, bro, like, <laughs> there is no winner yeah, here. Saying, like, I won. I won. I watched that version. One of them is gonna admit but, that they lost. You know what? I don't think Nobody I don't think one of them is gonna admit it. I'm just I don't kidding. think I don't think I don't think one of them is gonna admit it. I think the crowd may do that, right? Jay Z still at, hasn't look, admitted it. If you look at that's cool, but catalog. If you look in the catalog and how people are familiar with um, I'm not gonna front, bro. KRS stayed Kermit a lot longer. He still put out projects. Big Daddy Kane doesn't. That may be, that may be, the determining factor. One's catalog being a lot deeper, and stretching across. Kane's last hit stopped at what year? Yes, and Kara's still, Kara's still still relevant because he just dropped something. Yeah, he yeah, he, yeah. I mean, and not just and not just and we're not just talking about music. We're talking about his position and the culture. Like he he became a voice, an educator. He became. And it wasn't just self-appointed. He earned those stripes. And movements. He came more reserved. He moved to North Carolina, got fat, no disrespect, and chilled out. Whoa. Right? That's not... He did a video, and he, he actually stated, which I thought which was, was, was really impressive. He stated that it was okay for people to use his music, some of his old music, for anything without having to you know, get rights or royalties or nothing. He, it, like, if you want to do a video, a po anything, and you want to use his music, he was like, you don't need to ask for permission. Go for it. And I thought that was pretty dope. Yeah, but it yeah. also put him financially, that money, that residual income would have helped him during the pandemic. Yeah. No shows, <laughs> That's facts. Right? I mean, yeah. I, get the, 
capacity. But this is equivalent to a dude asking me to do a verse for a pair of sneakers. I saw that IG I'm, live. That was hilarious. Yeah, I, I listen. I love the you're hilarious, and I love what it stands for. But you know, I don't think anybody's out here making music for free. Uh, well, no, I, I retract. We're doing this for free, Amir. No, twenty no, no, twenty one no, grams was free. Let's just let's just say Amir Amir no, no, no. says that, but twenty one grams is not. We we don't we don't no, buy no, that. No, no, no. You, you gotta let me. You gotta let me. You gotta let me package this properly. Okay, okay. It was free. You to still haven't. Right, have package. Who's going to win? But I'm gonna leave yeah. it alone. You bugging it, out? You bugging out though, Never. It was free to you, bro. But it wasn't free to us. No, 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 right. no, no, no. no, no I'm not talking that. about that. No, 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 I'm talking. I'm not talking about that. And I don't mean to keep coming, but <laughs> you can did kind of skate around it. So is it BDP or BDK? I, and then I'm gonna land my plane. Listen, man. Listen, man. I'm too <laughs> slick, man. I'm too sharp right. to answer the question. All right. You heard what I, I said. What I said. Man. I know. Yeah. But yeah. It's not clear. But I said right, what I said. Gosh. It's a win. It's a win for the culture. It's a win for the culture. But if you can read between the lines of what I said, then you wouldn't be asking me that no more. Oh. I also right. said that one's catalog is a lot longer, so that should tell you where it's going. Boom. That part. Thank you. All right. So sufficient. You right. gotta pay attention. You gotta stay. You gotta keep up, man. But it is a win for the culture. I have to be clear that I agree with you when you say that because um, Man, a lot of people are going to be like, nah, don't give me that win for the culture stuff. I'm totally with there's there's few times the culture wins. This is going to be like the second or third time. So I've told Portia that my militant side, KRS one <laughs> All the woman in me says, Big Daddy Kane won. So there you go. <laughs> Everybody's every part of me is a winner. Today. There's two different there's two different audiences there too. You gotta think about it. Big Daddy, I mean his audience is more he's more visually aesthetically pleasing pleasing to women, right? Careless one may not have that though. as his Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't matter. He's still you can't take away what he was, bro. He the women was on King. You 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 sound you might be doing some light skin hate right now. Came with that guy. Yeah. Don't no, ever heavy D. I love heavy D, man. I don't know hate. Listen, no you hate. can't disrespect what he did, though, bro. He was one oh, of those yeah. guys, man. Yeah, I have right. no he was problem. That dude. This is what we do as men sometimes. Men have a problem telling another man if he looks nice. It doesn't make you whatever. If a dude get women and he fly, he yo, bro, you fly, man. They on you. Yeah, that, that was just it don't take nothing away from me. Bro, I'm just telling you. Kane got the women. If the women is in that crowd, it's over for Chris. That's all I can tell you. But if they basing it on skill set, that man is going to be a problem in there. He's going to be so, a problem. He's going to be a problem for a, a few different reasons, and it has nothing to do with the aesthetic. Absolutely. Like, yeah, like absolutely. KRS. Absolutely. Like, if anyone, KRS is one of, and I think this is like a general consensus, is one of the best performers and one of the best crowd control MCs. Like he absolutely knows how to how to hold that stage and actually like own it. Um I am but so don't, interested but don't, but to don't know. Don't sleep on Kane. I'm not sleeping not, on Kane. I'm not sleeping on Kane. But I just I and Okay, I'll say this. I haven't seen Kane perform per se. I have seen don't, KRS. Yeah, don't, perform. Do don't do that. 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 That's what I've seen, sure. I've seen I both of right. them, and and yeah. Kane is Kane was a performer. I don't know if he's still a performer, Thank you. Thank but you. when I, see I can him tell you, live, 
when when did we when were, was the last time you saw Kane perform? That's not that does pre-pandemic, not pre-pandemic pre-pandemic pre-pandemic. So I've seen I saw KRS perform very recently. He has it. That's all I'm going to say. Is he still has it? Pandemic. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so, I don't know. So I'm just saying. Portia, Portia, officially on record. BDP is where you're going. BDP. I. I'm always going to stick with the culture wins because I just think that oh, it's just going to be such a dope, such no, a dope no, night. Um, no, man, no, dope performances. Porsche, nah. 24 <laughs> hours from nowhere. I have to have it on record. Which are you? BDP. Uh, BDP. Bye bye. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm well, not nah, answering nah, nah, that nah, on man. record. All right. We'll go I'm back to the cancel bro. culture. I'm not going to front. He got some joints. He played them joints. It's going to be. Step into a world, yeah. Uh, the bridge is over. My philosophy, yeah. it's a ton yeah. of joints. Sound of the police, it's yeah. records that he got is gonna sound off. I'm telling Angel. you, Kane's catalog, his catalog is gonna stop, it's not gonna go past 95, bro. Mm-hmm. Boom, that part, all right. But, but, but Kane's, Kane's a at. powerhouse, some of his like his stuff is resonates well. I mean, I, I don't know. Man, I, I just not, it's not going past. Oh, it's waving I, right now. I get it. I don't know why she's waving. But, because your, it's I mean, a wing for the culture, Nev. Question. You're not getting out of me. Let's, <laughs> let's just end all the BS. Everybody in this group, name me five Big Daddy Kane records. <laughs> without without go, looking it up, name me five. Without googling it. <laughs> That's my point. Name me five. We're gonna I can definitely name five um KRS joints like like off the top. Like, it's just easy. But yeah. I mean, but it is it's a win for everybody, but let's if we gotta give the facts of facts. Like if if I, he stopped at a certain year and because of that. If those people from that year back or not or hip hop purists are not involved in this conversation, he may right. be up at the fight on social because social media gonna do the BS. We know that already, right? Yo, so and so one he smoked them. But no, listen, people who know the difference know that KRS one's catalog is a little bit stronger and longer. It's a fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Let's get back to um Canceled. People, man, he had didn't he have mad isn't with channel line? He had mad joints. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to kind of I just wanted to kind of bring up bring up a little controversy here. That's that was a little, we can we can get back to um <laughs> our regular scheduled so, program. That's just a little, you know. Kane had did, what? Kane had a few. He had uh yo Amir ain't like, letting it go. Amir, we got you, man. We know we, we know we signed <laughs> nah, stand on. We know where we at. Don't let it go. <laughs> he said light skin. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> he was hating on you. Was hating on you. Hated on him though. You hated. You hated a little bit on him. Yeah, he always hating on him. I don't know. <laughs> he always hating on. Him. I don't know what it is. It, it, it's it's like he he's he was um offended that we kept hey, saying hey, don't get me in trouble on this podcast. Let's just that big daddy came. Big Daddy Kane was that dude when we were growing up. Yes, and was. so it's been some years yes, since he put out anything. But I mean No one's gonna forget him. You can't make a you can't make a song that had us on the dance floor like smooth operator and be mm-hmm. like, he gonna you know, he's not going to they he play that song and we not just gonna lose our shit. We gonna lose it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that's true. Yeah, we, I, I remember, I remember, like, come on, man, he hurry, hold to cut, had to cut some of my eyebrows trying to wow out. You know who he was talking <laughs> about. Yeah, I acting like I acting like this man didn't really. He's still from Brooklyn. He got to give him his Brooklyn. Yo, listen, he was keeping a buck. He might have been the first fly month. He, he definitely yeah. came through with the jewelry, the big leather, long trenches, and yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. He was he did that the right way. Yeah, y'all fronting on yo, Ned, you fronting on him. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I feel some kind of way you fronting on that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said that. Now I see the face of a real serious me mugging me now. From the girl who had the two the two cuts in her eyelashes. <laughs> and my mom thought I joined the gang and she shaved my eyebrow off. She was oh, like, You can't shit. join the gang. You were walking <laughs> around with one bro. I look like oh, I I'm had finished. no expression. But I had that's no the expression trauma you went like That's why much. you're still with Kane. <laughs> oh no. This is this is like confessions. We, we gotta get back to the questions though. So um <laughs> I, I I have a question for Amir. If whenever we can, we thanks, get back thanks, to it, Portia. thanks for getting this professional, Porch. I appreciate. Um, it. Let's get professional. I my question is about um your Instagram. I actually really like your Instagram because you kind of switch it up. You you have um you know videos that you've put out. You have tracks that are dropping, and then you've got these soul sessions that you do in in a car, um driving, and it's very very nicely filmed. Um. Yeah, they're so engaging. Is that something like, is that something you're working on? Is it going to just always be available on Instagram? Is it going to be something that's coming out on a different format slash platform? Platform. Um, yeah, I mean, give um, us the goods. <laughs> yeah, um, I think for for the, the you know the soul sessions that I was doing, I think I'm on episode five or six. Yeah, I got a few more that I have that I haven't put up, but um, no, nah, they just conversational pieces to kind of let you know people know how i think and my perspective on a lot of things that i see um my man um my homeboy giddy jeff <clears throat> part of my flash on instagram me and him came up with the concept of kind of like because i mean i'm in my car right around we ride around brooklyn or ride around yeah. manhattan whatever turn the camera on we ask start asking questions to each other and next thing you know He'll be like, oh, this is the moment. It's the magic moment. He always said, oh, this is the magic moment. He takes out the camera. He just knows the question. Honestly, it is, though. Like, he's he definitely knows what magic moments are. Because every time I, I like, listen to one, I'm like, damn, why am I not in this car? Like, why am I not part of this conversation? Like, they're so dope. <laughs> yeah, so I think the other one, you know, yeah. So we definitely taking it off of the grant. But the, initially, we were just doing, you know, putting it there to get a post check for who and what the response would be. But yeah. I definitely gonna probably put them on YouTube and and you know let nice. it just live there. People that don't dope. necessarily very dope. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm definitely you know thank you for watching it or liking it too because I was definitely kind of nervous. Well, who who would just want to hear me talking trash or some sh about? But it's not like. trash though. Like you're you're actually talking about you know some of the questions that were even asked on this particular session here. Um, you do go into um. I think one of my favorite ones was when you're talking about ageism in, in hip hop, actually. Um, mm -hmm. And that kind of got me talking to other people about that and what their perspective is. And obviously, like, it varies because as people are, you know, in 
how, how I guess, immersed in hip hop they are, they would feel it more so than people who aren't, right? Um, and does it happen in different genres? Because we often hear that ageism is a really big thing that that kind of goes around in hip hop specifically. And there's often times where it comes up and people are like, this never happens in rock and roll. And someone will come in and be like, but it does. And, you know, so so it's kind of like one of those things, like I, I love the conversation. So yeah, it's um, very, very insightful. How do you feel about that? Um, Especially when it comes to the hip hop culture. I think I think inside of this culture specifically, uh, it is used to keep and put this on the record too. I don't care who fell away about this. It is honestly used to keep, like I said before, a weapon and tool of divisiveness, right? Because yes. if one generation to the next knew what was done to the generation prior, and especially doing sports and entertainment, a lot of contractual agreements would not be the same. There would be more ownership. There would be more like we're the only culture, like I said before on a, on another platform, I was thinking about Mav, I said, we're the only people to go to other people's culture to ask them permission to do our culture and they tell us how to do it. That is why the ism, that's one of the isms that we allowed to plague it because we feel like, um, and then you have older artists, you know, um, which predominantly are black males, right? In hip hop, right? A lot of these men are traumatized. They got, they got what they have. What I, what I told Pete, um, it's called ITSD, industry traumatic stress disorder, yeah. right? So they don't know how to deal with each other. They don't even know how to deal with each other on a, just a basic human level. So when you got money, power, and position involved, it creates more divided reasons to not like each other. But then who suffers? Who gains out of us being divided? Once again, the people that are in the office hitting the buttons. Oh, we don't want you to do this. You like it like this. The kids are responding to this. Okay, but there's this culture is going to be 50 years old in two years, right? So now you have a child trying to tell you how to do culture that they not a part of. That they, they're not they're not entrenched in it. Mm -hmm. And but they're trying. I can't go into a a Jesuit rock and roll school if it does exist and tell them how to do that it's unheard of mm -hmm. i don't i can't go into a sony in tokyo and tell them nah man we nah we don't like that who is we and why are you why is your input about my culture so important so mm -hmm. that's where the ism that is being told to artists but also we don't help it either because we help perpetuate it correct not bridging the gap and understanding where they are, where the artists are mad at the younger artists because he got more money when he was 21 than you did. So what? Mm -hmm. so, yo, Pat, salute him. You know how long I, like, I've watched from the from the bench or the bleachers and watched artists run past on the court, getting their, getting their trophies and their points on the board. And I can't, I can speak for me. I didn't hate, I kind of was more motivated. I was like, damn, let me work on my shot. Let me get myself together. Let me, you know, but that's not what's being taught when, they get people in the offices and they divide you. They divide you with money and power. They'll tell you this. Oh, somebody tried to get more money than you. Or they got more likes or more followers and you shouldn't speak to them because it's not good for your brand. But meanwhile, everything they're telling you goes back to one person who profits. So it stops when certain things are not for sale anymore. Mm -hmm. Your integrity, your mm -hmm. value of 
your moral and ethical compass are not for sale. So it starts there. And I think but so we, often it is for sale, but so often yeah. even like for your sure. integrity and your Man. like, you can see it. You know what I mean? I was going to say like, yeah, but, you know, for some people, you know, you can say that, but you put the right amount of money in front of them and you can they, change their mind. Absolutely. Change somebody's mind with the right amount of money. And that's the way the world works. Let me tell you something. The money is not going to change the person. It's only going to amplify who they were anyway. Right. They can try to mm -hmm. fool them. Oh, I'm righteous. Oh, I'm not righteous. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm, oh, I'm. I've seen hood dudes turn to Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I've seen right. corporate dudes, thugs, and drug dealers when they got some money. I've seen, we've seen the shift. They always wanted to be that. It's only going to amplify who you would suppress and who you really are anyway. Right? Correct. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying once that statistically less are less is for sale, then we will have more power over mm -hmm. the ageism and all of the other isms that contaminate our cultures the most and not other cultures because they look up to their rock and roll stars at a 70, 80 and they filling out Madison Square Garden. Yes. They're telling you, I don't mess with them. He's over, they're over 25 or 30. They are, uh, it ain't that ain't it. The kid, it was the kids ain't listening to that. Well, the kids aren't the only person that listen to hip hop. There's a huge demographic yes. that is being mm -hmm. unserviced that would love to come out to a concert and not fear getting shot. That want to hear the community or right. you know, yes, happening. They will come out to that show if they know this is the vibe, right? So, I, I mean, I'm not gonna drag it, but you know, that's that's my take on it. Nice. So these soul sessions are gonna be available on YouTube hopefully soon. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the soul sessions. They're going to be available on YouTube soon, right, guys? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, good, cool. And I, I totally uh, agree with you because I am of a certain age, and I've well, I'm going to be fifty in January. Mm -hmm. So I have been here since the inception. From watching people, I've watched. I've watched the struggle. I've watched. MCs battling in in the in the lobbies to get an interview. I've watched um, Supreme Court battles in order to be able to say what you want to say. I've seen I've seen the fights and I've seen the struggle. I've seen artists arrested on stage because of the language that was in their music. I've been I've been to Eminem concerts and watched them protest outside the buildings and try to keep people out from from going in and it disheartens me when i see that people aren't putting value in the history because there's so there's so much we have such a rich history in hip hop yeah we do and i think part of the reason it's not as valued by today's artists, well, some of them, is because they bypass the history. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, they get to the bag. I mean, we hear that so much. I'm getting to the bag. It don't matter about nothing else, right? Right. So for some people, that is the, they get into music for the money. They don't get into it for the love. And honestly, if they feeding their family, they're not out here busting people and have selling drugs. I applaud it, right? Yeah. 
but at the same point in time for the people that want to cultivate the culture cultivate it and push it forward they you know they have just they should have an equal voice to do so you know but chances of it happening in a perfect world it will happen you just got to fight to be heard so this is not one of those things where people are gonna oh just take the mic you know you got to fight and put in pain and you know whether interview by interview stage by stage and earn your respect album by album record by record verse by verse line by line you have to put all of that energy understand that history and put it inside of that and and, and people will gravitate to it it's, it's inevitable Amir, is it true I hear you uh, You have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree? Uh, yes, ma'am. I have That's a- um, can Tell us about that. I, I, I'd like to hear about that. I have a, um, a bachelor's in a, a computer science from Fordham, and I have a master's in cybersecurity from, from the same school. Uh, yeah, and you know. How was it like doing school? Like, I'm pretty sure you had a lot going on while doing school. No, it's funny. I was doing mixtapes. <laughs> it was crazy because I had a, the first tape I did when I was at Fordham was a mixtape with Don Cannon called The Big Picture. And then I put out a tape called America. Uh, and that's when I was over there. Supposed to, I was supposed to go to Interscope with, with, with Gene Nelson and Gene Robeson and these guys. And I had all these conversations. They're telling me not to sign to anybody. Ended up on MTV when I was in college. and um, But none of it transpired into like monetary gain it just popularity but you can't cash in on that if you're not you don't have the right team so you find yourself in these little positions where you know but the most part i learned a lot about uh myself the degrees 80 i realized in college 80 percent of what i needed to learn i learned outside of the classroom Ooh. what i learned on campus I agree and I, I never looked at you know having a degree in computer science and a, a, a master's in cybersecurity that it would one day weaponize me in music because now you have so many artists that want to talk technology, but they're not necessarily, I can't, I'm going to say some of them are not qualified to speak on certain topics because they don't have the background or the foundation and watching a YouTube and listening to other people speak about it and you match or copy the verbiage does not make you uh, technology savvy. Um, yeah, exactly. So I'm thankful that um, I made the decision well. And it was kind of like, you know, I went to school so I can make more music because they paid me to go to school. So when I went, it was kind of like a win-win. And I just took up the computer science part. And then, you know, I became an engineer uh, in the process. What kind so of work did you do? I, hmm? What kind of work were you doing? Uh, cybersecurity engineer, right? So um, you learn a lot. And then I was trying to be an... Um, you know, a regular, uh, not a regular engineer, I would call it, but, you know, software engineer. Um, but those, you know, when you're learning like stuff like C++, Python, or Bash, and it gets kind of deep in the weeds, it's not a type of role you can just take on and just run. And then, you know, I was a lot, I was nervous because I didn't, I was trying to hide the music portion of myself and be this other guy, like, it's like Clark Kent, you at work and you can't tell people. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been at a job before and, um, this dude saw me on Worldstar he, and I was eating lunch. He said, hey man, um, he said, yo, you make music? I said, nah. <laughs> Are you told him he, no? I told him no, I said, nah. I, Cause I, I knew what would come with that. I said, mm -hmm. nah. He said, you sure? Cause this dude on, 
I seen him on World Star, bro. He looked just like you. He had the same name and everything. I said, I'll tell him you said what's up. <laughs> and um, so he started laughing. He said, oh, yeah, tell him I said what's up. I said, yeah, I'll tell him. And left it at that. So me and the dude, his name was Tim. We became super cool after that. But he he didn't let the cat out the bag because now if you want to something, you know. He was solid. He was like, man, I yeah, did solid. Yeah, you got to run, run the risk of getting canceled if you say something. <laughs> and we circle back. <laughs> yeah. What was that turning point to deciding to become a full-fledged MC? It, it just like, you know, and like Pete said, man, sometimes, you know, it, when something is for you, it chooses you. It, when something is for you, it will find you. Right. So the first deal I had was with Tommy Boy and Warner Brothers. And then when Pete duck, looped back around and get me for true soul, you know, sometimes you just got to know, you know when to know. You just, you got to go with the flow. So everything been good ever since. Nice. I so, hear uh, oh. <laughs> Go, go ahead, Portia. Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, like you mentioned it at the beginning about Pete, and I think every time um, I hear you answer questions about Pete Rock and, and whatnot, I always think to myself, like, Pete Rock's track record, and I've said this before, like, Pete Rock's track record is that he doesn't just link with just anybody. I, I can bet my life that any MC wants to link with Pete Rock on production or have him produce something, um, let alone an entire album or whatever. Um, I just, I always want to say in these kind of spaces is that I think people who know Pete Rock or, or know of the way that he kind of operates, I don't think he would ever attach his name to somebody or, or vouch for somebody or kind of, yeah, like just link himself with somebody who doesn't fit his brand. At the end of the day, Pete Rock is a brand and he knows that he, with True Soul now, because it's his label, that's an entire brand. Um, and everything that comes with that becomes the legacy of that label, right? Um, so I don't think that you, like, I just, I, you're super humble and you're, you're so humble about, um, you know, your your abilities and, and the quality of work that you put out. But I just always like to reiterate that there's a reason why, like, you know, you've kind of linked with Pete Rock. He knows quality. He knows excellence. He knows top tier lyricism. CL Smooth is, is, is an example. And then we have like, you know, we have you. So I just want to, again, appreciate that for Pete, for you, for us as fans that get to listen to the, you know, the uh, projects that come out. Um, from your guys's diligence and and details and you know attention to perfection really um so that's very dope so i i applaud you and i thank you for that i, I sincerely thank you man that's that's a beautiful beautiful compliment uh i just say that you know and dealing with him it's, it's just been a it's pete you know you got it, oh you don't gotta tell me i i'm like i've like coined the vince mcmahon strut if I ever hear Troy, like everyone knows, like Porsche's walking in that way. Um, so yeah, I, I hear you. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the name of the show is Powerful Impact. Uh -huh. What are the, who are the three people who made a powerful impact in your life, either professionally or personally? First, my mother, period. You know, I gotta give it to my mother and my um. This is gonna sound crazy, 
and this might go viral. I don't know. And for my father for being absent, my biological pops, right? Okay. His absence. My uncle Ross told me this, and I have I have a father. You know, what I'm saying it, it, we call him Vine, right? Those two people, my mother and my father, they instill those those we have intrinsic value, right? But some of the values they values they just can't be. But my uncle Ross is telling me, you know, when your father and your parents are into shit that is not, you know, good for the kids. You know, he got the, you know, rumor has it he got deported, but my father hasn't been back to the U.S. in over twenty plus years. You know, what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, biological pops, right? I never had a relationship with him. So in his absence, it forced me to sometimes deal with things, even though you do have a father figure and a, and a stepfather who is your father. It's a, a man in the house and he's teaching you things. There's always that different connection when you know that y'all come from the same gene pool and certain things that you do the way you look or faces you make come from this person um, mm -hmm. i think certain people being present and absent absent have made impact my uncle, like some uncle ross was like i was probably better off that he wasn't around me because of what he was into um and still what he was into later on in life found me right um and uh but those that triangle of uh, parental presence and absence shaped, became the foundation for, you know, um, people that I met later on. Um, my grandmothers, I have, you know, um, both of them, um, they both passed um, super duper. I mention them a lot in my music. You always, people hear me say my grandma, I, you know, I, I shout them out as much as I can because mm -hmm. there's the love I got for them. Um, and you know, um, I can't say. I'm just gonna say, family one through three for me. I can't to give somebody else that credit would be disrespectful to the fiber of what I come from. Now, let's make family one, two, and three. We could talk about peace. We could talk about art, artists that influenced me, um, that I named, um, that I was fans of. That now I can, you know, embrace and say what's up all the more phone and stuff like that. It's too many to name, uh, but the ones that I can't call brother and and companion or friend, and they play the major part, man. And three, I would say, um, and not even to be ghetto, man. I'm gonna say the streets. Thank, thank you to the streets, man. Because the streets is a big, a big educator for black men. You know, um, when you know how to move, because once you walk out that door, you know, parents, grandmothers, their prayers are with you. But these decisions you got to make are on you. Mm -hmm. And it became my first university before any college degree. So mm -hmm. I learned how, you know, who, what not to do and what and what I should be doing in order to propel myself. Um, definitely made some good. I made good decisions. I made some bad decisions, but thank God that my good decisions outweighed my bad ones. So. Here we are. So if I had to answer that question, I would package it like that. Hope I hope I made some people proud. That's all. <laughs> there you go. And um, what do you, what what do you want your legacy to be? Um, as far as my legacy, um, and I'm being attached to someone who has a tremendous legacy. When you're attached to Pete Rock's legacy, um, 
it's I don't want to be in a shadow of his legacy. I want to be a continuation of his legacy. And he, you know, he's a continuation of Heavy D's legacy, you know. Mm -hmm. So whoever I can teach, pass on for my time in this position or being in this seat, I'll do my best to to be a, a stand-up person that, you know, is transparent and honest with with my people, man, um, and speak truth to power when needed. Um, and just, you know, pray that the integrity of who I am would never be questioned or it will be tested, but hopefully it'll never be questioned, you know, um, because of the bricks I've already laid already. And just, you know, and be a, um, just, you know, try to be, you know, the best version of myself that I could be, you know, um, that, and that's for my family, you know, yeah. That's amazing. I like that. Um, I just want to end with one last question about your mixtape. Mm -hmm. um, as dope as it is, and I couldn't personally do this question because I loved it so much. But what would what is your favorite track? Yes. I'm waiting for that question. Today, my favorite track on uh, 21 Good Grams. Good answer. Today. Today, my favorite. My yeah, today, my favorite track is mm -hmm. is is it's okay. The one we shot a video for it. I need to get you know the views are not crazy on the video. I think actually I got blocked on YouTube for that song. They said I was um. I had a uh, striking or what's some type of content on it um, mm -hmm. because of, were your I shoes guess, too perfect? What what is YouTube's issue here? <laughs> were the sneakers too? Were were you flexing the sneakers? <laughs> no, nah, I think it was. I think I had a voice. They, I don't know if they said it was a Farrakhan snippet in the beginning, but it's just like he was just saying. Oh right. Yeah. So they they um they blocked it. For, I mean, they blocked for, it for some a small clip. So. Mm -hmm. Why is why is that your favorite song today? Um, because of the lyrics in it. I said I'm in the crib watching Fred Coma. Phone is charging like public enemy. Like mm -hmm. that, like the media painting me as the target. If the world is yours, but I, sometimes I feel like it's running from me. And reading books by Malachi, they got me feeling funny. Like those lyrics meant a lot. It's demon time, but I've been moving through the God Hour. I fought a lot, breaking atoms while I break dower, while I make dower. Mm -hmm. And that line, my paragraphs of prophecy painted through the lens of my medulla. On the track, I parkways, but the flow is still Mashula. Size 11, night is a make me. Like these lyrics is ingrained. Like, you know, I'm ready to go with these. I can't even wait to do a show with this. Like, like that will, that's going to be one of the joints. I like little, I can't wait to perform it, right? Um, but I just like it because of just the pedigree of mm -hmm. how I approached it. And when Pete heard it, he was like, ooh, he kept sending me mad fire emojis when I sent it to him that day. And um, I just like the record because I like the way it's moving, the instrument, how he did it. Um, I just like everything about that one on 21. I think that's the best representation of the vibe of leading into Dope Boy Soul nice. is um, that record. It's okay. It's that type of tempo. It's a level of urgency, but also a level of craftsmanship involved in that record. Mm -hmm. 
Excuse me. So um, we truly appreciate you taking so much of your time to come and talk to us. Um, no, thank, uh, we, thank you for having me. It, 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 it's really special when you, you just get into a flow and enjoy the conversation. So I really appreciate you taking this time, as much time yeah. as you did, because I know everyone's time is precious. And so yeah. for you to give that much of your time to us, I, I truly appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you all for having me, sincerely. Um, I have one last question okay. real quick before we go. You drop vinyl first? Pete, True Soul did the vinyl. The vinyl thing was because, you know, I liked it. I loved it because I never had a, a record to, a project today on vinyl. It was supposed to be uh, okay. a limited edition of the red vinyl, right? 500 copies of that red that red signature vinyl of uh, 21 grams. Um I would be lying if I told you I know how many were sold, but I don't think any more the red ones are available. I'm not sure. Oh my sure. God, that just broke my heart. <laughs> it was hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they might be available. You know, somebody that, yeah. I like that though. That's pretty dope that, you know, I, I really like the fact that artists are also including putting out vinyl. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. I just. I, 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 and think about it. I think, you know, for his, for his, but his audience and people that follow him have always, a lot of those guys are vinyl collectors. They want to put yeah. that that feeling of pulling that record out to, and putting <laughs> the sound of how vinyl, you know, moves. And like when I when I got my pieces, I went and bought a record player. I didn't even have one, so I had to go buy one. From, Where did from you find record. a record player in 2020? Your Best Buy have these ones that fold up like a briefcase, and you crack it open. Yeah. And it, you, you can find them anywhere, actually. They're they're actually yeah. available because of vinyls. Yeah. Yeah, so and there's been a resurgence in people buying vinyl because for that reason alone, yeah. Okay. All right, that was all I wanted to ask. I appreciate you, Amir. I really do. Thank um, you. And your outlook on everything. Um, you know, you seem to be a real solid person and I appreciate all the positive things that you gotta say. I really feel like you definitely put out a powerful impact, you know. And I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I sincerely appreciate it. Portia, you have anything else you want to say before we No, go? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I just sent like fire emojis under all of his soul sessions <laughs> on Instagram. So those are those are just my comments. He'll see them on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, well, you, I just, um, we appreciate everybody for tuning in to Powerful Impact Podcast with SP and our I really appreciate Portia and Goddess for coming and doing this interview with me. And a special thank you to Amir. Um, this meant the world to us. It, it, thank you. It was one of the most insightful interviews we've had. And I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So everybody subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay connected to the upcoming episodes and follow us on social media. Do you have any um, uh, social media or projects that you want to tell us about before we go? Absolutely. We have from True Soul Records, we have um, Peach Tremendous 4 coming out. We have um, Dope Boy Soul in a clip, um, both the, you know, TBA as far as date, but we got artwork, so we close. So both albums have... <laughs> So you know what that means. Um, 
and I think you know uh, everything else. Just watch out for you know you know follow us on I'm, I'm on uh, IG as A N X R, and on uh, Twitter Twenty Fifth Hour Man Number Two Number Five T H H O U R M A N, and I'm pretty much easy. YouTube same thing A M X X R on YouTube. So and Vivo a mere Vivo, but and PeacefulLover.com man always. Goddess Porsche, give you shout outs and uh, drop your information as well on what y'all represent. Just Apartment 5B. Um, Apartment 5B is the dopest podcast, in my opinion. I love this one. I love a lot of them. Um, I listen to them all the time, but I have to shout out my crew. Um, Kill, Eddie, Vern, Rec. Um, they're the amazing, family. brilliant, awesome people. Um, so, yes, Apartment 5B hosted by Kill um, on All Street platform so that's it um well i'm god is Abby with love soap 420 and uh that's a one of my favorite podcasts of course because it's, all i like to do is talk about mental health i like to talk about mm. um nfts digital art i'm real into you know nft and digital art um you can definitely find my ig uh goddess zabby at goddess zabby z-a-b-y um that's it i'm out Okay. Well, peace out, everybody. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming. Thank you. Peace man. out. Powerful Bye, and all right. Boom. Thank Boom. you, Amir. Thank, Thank you, you so much. All right. Peace.